Here's a message from Ken Lavica. We saw an epic finish last night in the NBA. We're going to be talking about the Suns' Valley Oop for years to come. That was good, right, Coquel? But it took so long to get there, and I think it's time to finally ask the question, are replaying coaches' challenges actually hurting sports? Coquel hit the open. On your mark. Get set. Go! You are listening to Ken Lavica Live. Presented by FAU MBA and Sport Management Program. Turn it up! Turn it up! From the Anajar and Levine Studios in downtown West Palm Beach, it's Ken LaVeca Live on ESPN 106.3. DeAndre Ayton goes down in NBA lore with one of the most memorable and certainly most memorable in recent memory game-winning shots that we've seen in the NBA postseason. But why did the final two minutes of that game take a half hour? Something needs to give because this doesn't feel sustainable for us, the fan. Ken Levicka Live Wednesday edition. Ken Levick Alive featuring Coquel coming to you from downtown West Palm Beach, Phillips Point Towers, and a John Levine action at Attorney Studios right off. Today, the partly cloudy intracoastal. Pat Lawler, Lawler and Associates, personal injury attorneys. He's our sports law insider, our sports agent insider. He will join us later on in the program, able to reschedule him uh, off of uh, uh, yesterday. But Last night was awesome. I mean, Coquel, that's as good as it gets. And watching this Suns team, I think once CP3 comes back, they are the championship favorite that remains. I think they're a better team than the Clippers. I think that they're a better team than the Bucs. I think they're certainly a better team than the Hawks. They're electrifying. Devin Booker is an elite star. They're deep. Uh, Monty Williams, what he has put together from a rotation standpoint, from a performance standpoint, and from a belief standpoint, is is really unmatched in the NBA this year. And then he drew this up. With seven-tenths of a second left to go last night, and Jay Crowder, former Heat, standing on the right baseline, this play happened last night, and this is how it sounded on ESPN. Not an easy inbound with that big body in front of you. Crowder looking, throws it, alley oh! Oh, that is goosebump stuff right there. That's Mike Breen on the call. It was awesome 30 minutes later when I found out it counted. So this is the problem that we had last night. The final two minutes of that game, the final two game minutes of that contest, that epic finish that featured missed free throws and featured loose balls and featured pushing and shoving and featured a game-winning alley-oop off an inbounds play, it took damn near a half an hour. I mean... It was, at points, me looking at my phone, wondering, do I just turn this off and find out the ending tomorrow? Because I need to go to bed. I, at 36 years old, and am at an advanced age now where I'm really struggling near the end of NBA playoff games or Major League Baseball games or late NFL games to stay awake. And it was so ragged, the final two minutes, that it almost, that alley-oop, came just completely out of nowhere. And it was such 
a jarring jolt to the system because there was no flow, no rhythm, and constant delays in the final two minutes of that game. It was ridiculous. You had uh, a review for a ball tipped out of bounds. You had a review in that game uh, over a possible illegal substitution with the Clippers. You had the review of whether or not the Aiton basket actually counted. You had the review of if there was still time left in the game. Enough is enough. I Many, many years ago, when the push for in-game instant replay came up, specifically in baseball, specifically in the NBA, I had a simpleton approach to a Coquel. It was... Yeah, if you can get it right, why wouldn't you get it right? If you can eliminate human error, why wouldn't you do that? Of course you go replay. Of course you do that. I've started to change on that now. I can't do this anymore. And uh, whether it's basketball with the constant reviews about uh, whether or not a ball went out of bounds off someone's hand or someone's foot, uh, the referee has to look into the camera now and make the announcement to the arena and to the television audience, whether it's the NFL where we're throwing the red flags and we're getting replays and we're sitting in the hood longer than 90 seconds, which is the actual time that uh, should be allotted, and we're doing this for four or five minutes, whether it's soccer with VAR where we are literally going back and wiping out goals after over offside calls that are the length of a blade of grass uh hockey whether or not someone is offside uh i i am a and then major league baseball where you've got replay where a good portion of the time the umpires are still making the wrong call after they're getting the phone call from new york with their replay umpire i'm all for getting the calls right i'm all for looking at them But if I had the choice between human error and just dealing with it, if an official or a referee or an umpire got it wrong, and a 30-minute final two minutes of an NBA playoff game, I'm taking the human error. I was pro-replay, and now I can't do this anymore. Are replays and challenges helping or hurting sports? That's what I'm asking you today because a lot of you lived it with me last night. A final two minutes of an epic playoff game, and we're going to talk about how great it was. I don't just want to sit here and complain, but that's pretty cut and dry. That was epic. That was amazing. They're going to write books about that. They're going to make documentaries about it in Phoenix. That play, Monty Williams, what he drew up, how that was executed, superb, but It took so long to get to that point where it took away from the viewing experience. And it's not just isolated to the NBA. This is all sports now. Are replays and challenges helping or hurting sports? 888-760-3776. 888-760-3776. As always, you can tweet at us, at ESPN West Palm. Are replays and challenges helping or or hurting sports. Because, Coquel, there's also something that happened in baseball last night. We are now uh, locked in on enforcing the sticky stuff rule, the grip rule in baseball. No additional substances unless it's sweat and rosin. Other than that, you're getting checked, you're getting kicked out of the game, you're getting a 10-game suspension without pay. Last night, the Nationals were in Philadelphia playing the Phillies. And Joe Girardi, not once, Not twice, but three times ordered the umpires to check Max Scherzer, the Nationals' ace, for sticky substances to a point where it got heated, 
where it got volatile. And the third instance of him calling for a check of Max Scherzer resulted in this. Max Scherzer, as the inning ended, gazing over toward the Phillies' dugout. Didn't say anything, just looked. And then Joe Girardi came up and said, come on over. Fired everybody up, and he was ejected from the ball game. That's the ejection from Tim Timmons. 40th ejection for Joe. Scherzer mad, showing his hands. If you're uh, Mad Max, you should be careful. Yeah, uh, you know. Well, here's the thing. Joe got upset, and you get it. He's staring him down in the dugout. So that was as it was heard on uh, uh, NBC Philadelphia last night. Max Scherzer, I can see why he's upset. Joe Girardi, and that's because, as he should, it's legal. You can call for checks to the pitcher. He is trying to mess with Max Scherzer. But that's unwatchable. That's not baseball. And then it results in Joe Girardi trying to challenge Max Scherzer to a fist fight. I don't think Max Scherzer should calm down, as the TV commentator said. I can understand why Max Scherzer's upset, and I don't know why Boca Raton's Joe Girardi, the manager of the Phillies, is then, out of frustration, marching out of his dugout to challenge Max Scherzer to a fist fight. But there's no reason, there's no reason for three umpire checks of a pitcher, whether or not he has sticky stuff on the brim of his cap or on his belt, you had Sergio Ramos of the A's last night walk up to the umpire and basically just pull down his pants because he was frustrated, knew what was going to happen. There was going to be a substance check. If that's going to be the norm in baseball, like, I'm out. I don't want to watch that. I don't want to see every inning a manager call for the check of a pitcher. I get it's, it's gamesmanship, but who wants that? That's detrimental to the game. I can tell you exactly who wants it. The guys who do the bad lip-reading videos. John Boy. That is, you know how great those are going to be with him walking up to the umpire and just taking off his pants? Like, come on. They're going to have so much fun with those videos. And therein, you get a great look at it, what it constitutes entertainment value for Coquel. <laughs> come on. That's fun. Well, I can't wait to see what they dub over when he pulled his pants down in front of the umpire. You don't like those videos when they go over and they change what all the quarterbacks are yelling and they have the funny voices? They're great. fine. <laughs> They're fine. They're fine. You are I'm so just a simple man. You are a simple man with simple comedic tastes. But are replacing challenges helping or hurting sports? Because I can't believe I'm saying this. I was as pro-replay as they come, take the time, get it right, but now me and my sports-watching sensibilities, this is ridiculous. This is taking way too much time, and it's hurting the game. Are replacing challenges helping or hurting sports? 888-760-3776. 888-760-3776 or tweeted us at ESPN West Palm. Replays and challenges, helping or hurting sports. Are you okay with human error if it means you can have the final 90 seconds of an NBA game finish in like 90 seconds? It's not even just the time, Ken. It's when it happens. They're not replaying things in the middle of the first quarter. Mm -hmm. It's all at the end of the game. It's so backloaded. Which is the money part of the game or in the NFL. We're only going to replay scoring plays. Like, right. No, I want to celebrate. I don't want the emotion of a touchdown, sit, wait, and then celebrate because the ref came out and said it was good. Yeah. I want to be able to celebrate the call on the field. I'm there for my entertainment. I get it. Gambling probably is a big part of why replay sure. is truly there. But human error has to be part of the equation because it has to happen instantaneously. We went to that goaltending replay, and Mark Jackson and Van Gundy were like, 
What are we wasting our time for? And they still wasted another 10 minutes. They, they literally called it. it. Right after the Aiton dunk happened on the alley-oop, they said this is not a this is an inbound play. This is not a shot. Goaltending does not exist in this game. And uh, and and so like that right there, if 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 Van Gundy and Mark Jackson, like they immediately know the rule. What are the officials looking at? Like, because they were legitimately looking at that for a while to see if that counted. Did someone have to actually reach out to them and tell them, hey, guys, that was an inbound? Like, what are we doing here? And why is this taking so long? Why does the officials on the floor have to do it? Why isn't there official, a fifth official staring at TVs all game who they just buzz in and that's it? And right away. Like, they're reviewing every play? Yeah. If we're going to have a review, someone should already have been looking at it. Every play, but you don't go to him unless... You call for the review. Uh, by the way, Brian McLovin Rowitz, our executive producer, WPTV uh, News Channel 5, and uh, also WFLX uh, Fox 29. Big time high school hysteria contributor. It's on his resume. He sent. Uh, he just sent me this tweet from uh, StatMuse. The last 90 seconds of the Phoenix Clippers game took 33 real-time minutes. The last 90 seconds of the game. So I was actually undercutting it, saying that the final two minutes took a half hour. The last 90 seconds of the game took 33 real-time minutes. There were as many reviews, five of them, as field goals made in that span. Five of them. That's unacceptable. As a TV viewer... That is unacceptable, especially at like 11.15, 11.30 at night when these things are taking place. But think about what a moment that Aiton Dunk really would have been because they probably wouldn't have put time back on the clock. They wouldn't have stopped it. The Suns would have been on the floor. The fans would have been going crazy, and that would have been over, and that would have been yeah. the lasting memory. Instead, the lasting memory is watching other people watch TV. Yeah. Like right. watching the refs huddle around. I just don't get it. I just, I, I look at the NBA and uh, you're literally reviewing inside of two minutes every single ball NFL that's knocked too. out of bounds. In the NFL, you've not only got your challenges, but inside of two minutes, it's a booth review and then all scoring plays get reviewed in a game that's usually already taking about three and a half hours in baseball the umpire has to go back to the screen get on the phone talk to new york maybe they get it right maybe they don't get it right maybe joe girardi's asking for you to walk out to the pitcher and feel around his belt or the uh, the bill of his cap in soccer you have glorious goals incredible runs uh just really beautiful play that's wiped out because an official after the fact sees that maybe someone tugged on a jersey in the box using VAR. We This is not good for sports and certainly not good for sports on television. They all happen at the emotional parts, the parts that right. draw us to sports. The reason we love sports as kids That's and hold on to sports as adults. You're exactly right. The, the places in which we romanticize about the game or the games that we love. You're right. That great goal, that incredible three, that amazing inbound play. Um, uh, every touchdown, game-winning touchdown, every touchdown. Everything. Every single touchdown there's, is reviewed. There's just that delay that makes everything seem so artificial, that beautiful slide into the plate uh, on a bang-bang play. Those are the things that draw you to the sport in real time, you say, that was amazing. But then we're nitpicking everything to the millimeter, and I don't think that's... yeah. Are you getting it right most of the time? Yes. But does it take away from the purity of the game? Yeah, it absolutely does. Well, I found out last night you cannot steal the ball out of someone's hands and have it go out of bounds. You, 
Like, yeah. I, I'm sorry, excuse me. If you're the offensive guy, you can't right. hold the ball because if it gets knocked out of your hands, it's going to be out on you, you yeah. because the ball rolled off your fingertips. So I was taught my whole life growing up, my whole life watching sports, my seventh grade ref career, big time ref in seventh, eighth grade. Mm, I'm sure. Way, oh, the little guys. <laughs> if the guy hits it out of his hands, it's out on the person who mm-hmm. forced the momentum of the ball mm-hmm. out. Not last night in one of the biggest moments of the game. I don't understand. We have the, the, the zooming in with high def TV is ruining everything about sports this that I is love. The th- those cameras are really cool and they are technological advances unlike anything we would ever even be able to dream of 10, 15 years ago. But it really makes for a death march of a game, especially late in games across all sports. Uh, uh, are replays and challenges helping or hurting sports? 888-760-3776. 888-760-3776. Let's go to Twitter. Adam Smoot tweets, Instant replay was fine until we got the technology to see it frame by frame in Ultra HD. Now we analyze plays at a microscopic level, which just leads to more rule changes, which leads to more instant replay, which leads to more rule changes. Again, you rinse and repeat. The NFL is the biggest offender of that. Yeah. Yeah. That is just what you were saying. When we're looking at everything at a microscopic level, it takes away the purity of competition. It takes away... The artistry, it takes away the execution. When you're judging things by a centimeter or by a blade of grass, I don't like that. It That's also, not watchable. It takes away the uh, enough of the, I want to call it bar room or water cooler talk has been taken away already because we have the internet. So there's mm-hmm. no more arguing. We just look up answers, right? Like the sports talk now comes, oh, who's the better pitcher? We go to our little computers that are in our pocket and look up stats instead of just talking and hamming it out and going back and forth. That's all taken away already. Replay's doing the same thing. I go back to the Jets, Testaverde diving to the three-yard line, them giving him a touchdown. <laughs> like that, That's that was, what replay's for. But no, but I don't even care. I don't want that because half of the fun was arguing about it and then being a turd of a Jet fan and being like, ah, he scored. I don't know what you're talking about. Like That's the fun of the human error. could be just as much fun as a fan, even when it goes against you. The misery is part of it. The raw emotions. We're in the sports talk business, right? Because we want to elicit emotion, whether it's fun like we had yesterday that elicited a ton of emotion, or it's anger because the heat got knocked out, because that elicited emotion, the heat yeah. getting swept. We want to have the emotion, and replay takes all of that away. Uh, the, the technology of the sport has made it so much better, but also I think that there has been a detrimental effect. Human error. We can eliminate it. We have the technology to eliminate it in all sports. But is it taken away from what we actually love about sports, which is the free-flowing execution nature of sport, especially on TV? Are replays and challenges helping or hurting sports? I say hurting. I, I can't believe I'm saying this, but I say hurting now. And last night, 90 seconds being played in 33 minutes uh, in a pivotal NBA playoff game, that's unacceptable. The NBA cannot think that that's good. Are replays and challenges helping or hurting sports? 888-760-3776. 888-760-3776. And don't forget to send us your tweets at ESPN West Palm. You know what 
is good, and you know what has stood the test of time, is the FAU MBA Sport Management Program. Ken Levick, a live featuring Coquel, is presented by the FAU MBA Sport Management Program. Dr. Jim Reardon, he has been in charge for 21 years of the FAU MBA Sport Management Program. Speaking of adjusting, a lot in sports has changed from a business standpoint in 21 years. He's seen it all. He's someone who worked in the sports industry. He's someone who is in charge of facilities. We're talking the spectrum in Philadelphia. We're talking working at Madison Square Garden. He has seen it all, and he has adjusted to the times. You're getting the best singular sports industry education out there, nationally ranked in uh, the United States, internationally ranked uh, across the globe. It's the FAU MBA Sport Management Program. Fall semester classes, sign up for them now. FAU.edu slash MBA Sport. FAU.edu slash MBA Sport. This is how you get into the sports industry because you are learning. The adjunct professors are in the sports industry. First-hand knowledge. Find out more. FAU.edu slash MBA Sport fau.edu slash mba sport our replays and challenges helping or hurting sports is it just too damn long i know coquel you and i sound old we might sound old talking about how much we hate replaying how long it takes and oh it's late but enough is enough already our replays and challenges helping or hurting sports 888-760-3776 888-760-3776 who was actually the hero of the Suns' final play last night. We'll tell you next. He's Coquel. I'm Ken Levick. I'm live on ESPN 106.3. Spend your lunch with Ken by calling 888-760-3776. It's Ken Levick Alive. Presented by FAU MBA and Sport Management Program. Here's Ken Levicka and Chris Coquel. Coquel, are we coming off as too old? Are we just old, crotchety sports guys now? Or do you think that the majority side with us, that there's no reason for 90 game seconds to take 33 minutes? First of all, speak for yourself. I am as young and hip as it gets. Oh, yeah? The kids are still saying hip, right? That's the thing? No? <laughs> unless, my, unless it's the thing that hurts uh, bottom part of my body. I don't know. Um, I don't know. I think... Everyone was annoyed. Well, I can't imagine anyone being like, that was so cool. I love that play. That camera angle is amazing. We went from the best ending of a basketball game, a huge game, a Western Conference Finals game that ended on a dunk, that didn't end on a dunk, that ended with people talking and refs and Boogie getting into a fight and no one, everyone ignoring the Boogie pushing Devin Booker. Like, that just got swept under because it was involved in replays. That's a great point. We still don't know the story behind that, why Devin Booker's being shoved by, was it Morris or Booker? No, it was Boogie Cousins. It was Boogie? Yeah. Like, why why did that happen? And you're right, it's because we're discussing, oh, did that count? What's the rule? And none of the refs know because everyone was on the floor because they thought the game was over and the refs were in the corner huddling watching TV. Like, (sighs) maybe they were in there downloading the Kettlevick Alive podcast. I don't know what they're doing under there. They had time to listen to three three segments yesterday. I was going to say they absolutely did. Uh, Kettlevick Alive featuring Coquel, that podcast, Apple Podcasts, wherever you get your podcast, subscribe to it, get it right to your phone every single day. It'll take way less time for us to wrap up and get you the Ken Levick Alive featuring Coquel podcast than it took to figure out whether or not that Aiton uh, alley-oop counted last night in Game 2 of the Western Conference Finals. Um, so that final play 
It's going to be dissected. It has been already all over social media. But there's so many things to unpack with that from last night. And I'm just curious who actually is the hero of that play. Because it's easy to just say that it's DeAndre Ayton where uh, he rises up. He's able to make contact with the ball, put it through. Seven-tenths of a second left, game over. Suns win, up two games to none in the Western Conference Finals. Is DeAndre Ayton the hero, or did you see the screen that Devin Booker set? Oh, you are so in love. Uh, You are so in love Here's the thing about Devin Booker is that with him with a mashed-up face after uh, Patrick Beverly, uh, just dirty, dirty Pat Beverly, hit him in the face last night. Headbutted him. And I did not see it. I saw your tweet, and then I tuned into ESPN to see what happened. And I was angry. You were right. You tweeted at me. How dare they do that to Devin uh, Ken, uh, KLV 106.3's boy? And you're right. Yeah, that was that's garbage. Your, that's your man's. You love, you love yourself some D-Booker. But Devin Booker with a mashed up face is that much more for me. I have so much more of a sports love for him than I already did because he's a grinder. And he's tough. Oh, and that it, face is just, it is so beautiful, even all marked up as he is uh, as he's driving to the rim and rotating the basketball. Mm, man, Devin Booker. Can you be gritty and tough and an Instagram model influencer at the same know. time? Because I feel like he's got to play both sides but of the fence. Isn't that what like Jake Paul and Logan Paul are going for? No, they're just loud mouths who start fights and people pay for it. Like, I don't know. I guess they're YouTube influencers too, but yeah. are they really tough or are they just... I guess they're pretty. I don't know. I mean, I, I, Logan Paul. I. I mean, but then Jake Paul is tougher than Logan. But did they start off as like influencers, where it was because of their looks, or they were just always no? They were just pranksters. Yeah, yeah, they were like YouTube That's prank different. guys. Like Devin Booker was in there in his bathing suit, just yeah. like posting and posing right. and staring off with this beautiful face. I mean, what you know, doing whatever <laughs> pictures he does. I don't uh, know. Uh, what are you talking about? <laughs> Instagram. Um, but that screen he set was, I mean, that was physical, and it was brutal. And that's what sprung Aiton. So that guy, after getting slammed in the face, headbutted by Patrick Beverly in the final seven-tenths of a second, is setting a screen as a guy who the play's not designed for. Like, that, how do you not love that? How many stars would have done the Pippen and been like, oh, you're not giving me the ball, Scotty Pippen? Famously, when Phil Jackson drew up a play for Tony Kukoc, mm-hmm. said nope, and Against sat his Knicks. behind down on the bench. Absolutely. How many st- and Kukoc drained the shot to win the game, which right. is just beautiful, even right. even in my shoes as a Knicks fan. It was like, ha Scotty. But how many stars would have been mad about that and pouted and instead? He's like, no, I'm not shooting well tonight anyway, and right. there's only .9. This makes the most sense. Devin Booker, the best player on the floor, setting a screen on the final play and doing it perfectly. Is he the hero of that final play? How about Jay Crowder? And I know that we have been very anti-replay um, in the opening almost half hour of the show, but that comes to review because the replay of the pass coming out of Jay Crowder's hands and what he delivered to the rim, did you see how close that ball came to hitting the side of the backboard? Like We've got to be talking three or four millimeters. I mean, it almost scraped the side of the backboard. It also was a great shot because it was going in. I know. I know. Like he definitely was like, oh, going oh, in. let me put my finger on it before this gets in there. You know what Jay Crowder did? Like That was a horse shot. Yeah, like he was playing a horse from baseline right, and it almost grazed the backboard. Did not, and that's how it found DeAndre Ayton. I mean, that is as perfect a pass. I would have just chunked it off the glass. I would have panicked, 
tightened up and just chunked it off the side of the backboard. Game over. Clippers ball. 1-1. I mean, but he's a guy who stays cool and clearly is the reason the Heat made it to the finals last year. <laughs> uh, I wish I could be mad at that, actually, but I can. <laughs> I, he was a big part of it. There's Jay no Crowder doubt. last year. The finals Heat, this year. sweepity doo dah, Kenny. The Heat sure as bleep could have used Jay Crowder this year. That is the truth. So the hero of last night's play, uh, final play for the Suns, was it DeAndre Ayton? He gets credited for the bucket. Is it Devin Booker who set the screen? Is it Jay Crowder who threw the pass that almost grazed the backboard? Coquel, oh, can hand I, up. as a former high school football coach? By the way, my resume is pretty good. It's out there if anyone's wondering. <laughs> um, <laughs> just kidding, Ken. I'm not leaving you ever. Mm, stop taking phone calls. <laughs> oh, okay. But anyway, what about Monty Williams drawing up the play? Correct. Like, what, about that? what about the yeah. coaching job to call up that play? Although Van Gundy on the broadcast again, and I know I love myself some JVG, but like he basically called Drew up the play on the broadcast before they ran yeah. the play as well. But it's one thing. It's easy to sit in the broadcast position and do that. It's another thing to draw it up in the huddle and execute it perfectly. Like That's the thing. You can draw it up, but the fact that it was executed perfectly is is another thing. And that's the amount of confidence that those guys have in Monty Williams. And I was I know that I was sort of disrespecting you the other day when I said, sorry, Tibbs, sorry, Knicks. The actual the coach of the year is not Tom Thibodeau. It is Monty Williams. But that sort of lends to what I was saying, that this guy has pushed every single right button. It started with James Jones in the front office, and it's trickled down to Monty Williams and how that team believes in him now. I mean, how about CP3 tweeting right after the game? Great play call, Monty. Like, those two love one another. I mean, CP3 was, I didn't know if you noticed, like, I, I love the celebration part, which is part of the reason why I hate um, instant replay, and I hate that it slows it down because it takes away from that. They had CP3 on FaceTime within like seconds after the game, like within seconds on the court, celebrating with them. Chris Paul at home because of COVID reasons. Like that's incredible. That's the yep. emotion that should be there, yep. and then replay ruined it. Or is the hero of last night's game someone who wasn't even in a Suns uniform or on the Suns bench? Oh. Was it Boogie Cousins who is defending the inbound? I don't know what he was doing, oh, but he was defending the inbound straight on as if Jay Crowder was going to inbound into like the corner or lob it to the wing. He didn't he, angle himself. He didn't put himself between the rim and Jay Crowder. He just defended it straight on. And that's what allowed Jay Crowder the free look and the free shot at the rim. Boogie Cousins, a guy who's been in the NBA forever. He's played at a high level. He's an all-star. What is he doing there? Do you think maybe they thought that Booker was going to act like he was setting the screen and bounce out there, and that was his primary concern? I, maybe, I'm just trying to justify because it didn't make sense. Point nine, you're going to throw a lob to the rim. Everyone yeah, knows that's it. the thing. I would take my chances, and I suppose that it's easier radio host day after to, ah. uh, to, to armchair coach this, but nine-tenths of a second, a catch-and-shoot, if that was going to be the play where Devin Booker pops out and tries to shoot something from the baseline, that's significantly lesser percentage than a lob to the rim when DeAndre Ayton, a gigantic man, is rolling to the rim. I would take away the rim and force them to hit something quick from outside of 15 feet. And it's just a catch-and-shoot. There's no turn. There's nothing. Because point three is the line they draw, which I still don't get how you can really catch-and-shoot at point three. But that's the line that was made up. And I believe that was actually another Nick who – it might have been Skywalker who caught one – or Trent Tucker – 
who caught one with point one turned and shot and they counted it somehow. <laughs> but that rule's there. For Time doesn't three. work like that. So they had point nine. Just even like the tapping though, they said they gave put point seven back on the clock, which right. I didn't understand that either. Yeah. Like it does take time for the ball to hit his rim and then go through the net. But that's replay again, looking mm-hmm. at the milliseconds. Game should have um, been over. I would have forced Booker into the corner. Yes. Try, try to shoot a fadeaway three, something. Just, Boogie's better than that. Like, is the sideline telling him that? Did he take that uh, uh, on his own to to defend it like that? Because he ends up being a big reason why that play was able to be executed. That feels like a Tyron Lue where they didn't always practice Boogie doing in that situation, looking to the bench and saying, who's big? Boogie, get out there and be a big presence I, in front I, of him. Yeah, I can trust you. And it, no, you're just size-wise. Sure. You're just big. Like, sure. it, like if he had Taco Fall, like mm-hmm. he would have been like, Taco, get out there. You know what I mean? Like not even working on it. You're just a big body yeah. in front of the passer. But that final play, that final play last night for the Suns, who was actually the hero? Was it Aiton, who gets credit for the game winner? Was it Devin Booker, that beautiful man setting the screen? Was it Jay Crowder, the pass that was so perfect that it nearly grazed the backboard? Is it Monty Williams for drawing it up? Or is it Boogie Cousins, who was lost defensively on the inbound? Who was the actual hero of the Suns inbound play that won it last night in the Western Conference Finals? 888-760-3776. 888-760-3776. You are definitely always winning when, uh, well, first you're losing if your air conditioning goes out. Okay? You're really losing, especially now where it's 90% humidity pretty much every day. I leave this station. I get to my car as fast, turn on the AC, which isn't as cool as my house. And then I drive as fast as I can to my house to get inside my home AC. <laughs> and luckily, we know a good AC company, uh-huh. so we're, we're, we're good to go in that department. And then I walk in, and I put on blankets because I love it nice and cold and the AC pumping. You are going to need to depend on EDS. EDS air conditioning. EDS is yes. And I love the visual of Coquel racing from his car into his home because it's too hot out and he's trying to dive into his air conditioning. EDSairconditioning.com. EDS, family owned and operated by Ed Sasso. Residential and commercial needs. They handle your service and maintenance. They handle your new system installs. Indoor air quality interior plumbing and water heaters maintenance plans as well that is eds air conditioning serving palm beach county since 2006 that's right this is year 15 for them they're a trained comfort specialist that means they're elite and they're relied upon trained comfort specialists it's hard to stop a train that's eds air conditioning eds is yes have your air conditioning plan edsairconditioning.com or call 561 316 8799 EDS Air Conditioning, edsairconditioning.com. A person much smarter than us, Pat Lawler. He's our sports agent insider. He's our sports law insider. He is going to join us next to discuss NIL, the Supreme Court against the NCAA, and some Olympic basketball as well. He's Coquel. I'm Ken Levick. I'm live on ESPN 1063. Spend your lunch with Ken by calling 888-760-3776. It's Ken LaVica Live. Presented by FAU MBA and Sport Management Program. Here's Ken LaVica and Chris Coquel. (laughs) 
Wednesday afternoon, Palm Beach County and the Treasure Coast. Ken Levick Alive featuring Coquel. Have you at lunchtime every day here on ESPN 106.3. Streaming on the ESPN app and on your smart speaker. Hey Alexa, hey Siri, hey Google Play. ESPN 106.3. Pat Lawler, sports agent insider, sports law insider. He of Lawler and Associates, personal injury attorneys, just a couple of minutes away. And I, I love... The conversation about who is the hero of last night's Suns game winner. Is it Aiton who dunked it? Is it Devin Booker who set the screen? Jay Crowder with the picture-perfect pass from the right baseline. Monty Williams for drawing it up from the Suns sideline. Or Boogie Cousins for having absolutely no clue defensively. If you uh, missed any part of us discussing the fact that the final 90 seconds of last night's game took 33 real-time minutes and replay is actually hurting sports challenges or hurting sports, don't forget to subscribe to the Ken Levick Alive featuring Coquel Podcast, Apple Podcasts, and wherever you get your podcast. Subscribe to it and love it. Uh, let's uh, bring in uh, Pat Lawler, Lawler and Associates personal injury attorneys. And when you're injured in an accident, it is overwhelming. Pat knows it. If you've been involved in a personal injury situation, you know it. You need someone you can trust, someone who can help. And that's where Lawler and Associates personal injury attorneys come in. They have over 28 years of trial experience. Lawler and Associates, they help their clients get the compensation they deserve, not what they need, what they deserve, period. We're talking automobile, boat or motorcycle accident, slip and fall or personal injury. Lawler and Associates, they have the expertise, the resources, and most importantly, the desire to help. They are in it for you. That's Lawler and Associates. That is wanttolawyerup.com. Get your free consultation, wanttolawyerup.com. And uh, Pat joins us now here on Ken Levick Alive. Pat, uh, last night, uh, the final 33 seconds, uh, or the final 90 seconds, I should say, of that epic Suns Clippers playoff game took 30 three real-time minutes now you are older than me but you act younger than me you're very spry i am just an old crabby man uh i shouldn't be like this but for me that's too much i the replays take away from the game and you've been around the nfl so much i'm sure it's trying for the players as well who have to sit and wait and sit and wait and then have to adjust off of that is replay our coaches reviews does that actually hurt sports to an extent well, first, Ken, I have some Krabby Patties for you. All right, thank you. Okay. Appreciate that. <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, listen, I understand that instant replay does have a, a significant value in getting a call right when it's wrong. But when it comes down to every touch, and obviously we're in the playoffs, every touch there, every touch everywhere in football, baseball, uh, where does it end? Uh, you know, I agree with it. I was watching that. I, I literally wanted to vomit. I'm like, you got to be kidding me. And then on top of it, they get 90 timeouts in the last quarter. <laughs> I mean, so uh, it, it's ridiculous. It's got out of hand. And I, I just on a side note, Ken, I was watching the, the uh, Women's World Series. And yeah. just for timing, I noticed one of the pitches from a team took 35 seconds in between every pitch. Yeah. It, it, something's got to be done with this. It's yeah. getting out of control with how long the games are in instant replay. And, uh, you know, with Giannis being allowed to take 15 seconds between free throws, uh, it, it enforce the rules when they need to be enforced, but we also don't need replay on absolutely everything. And Coquel made the point earlier, it takes away from the purity and part of what we love about the game, the execution, the speed, the flow, and uh, everything's robotic in the final moments of games, no matter what the sport is. And it really just takes away from it. I'm done uh, with my ranting and raving old man stuff here because I actually want to pick your brain on a couple of things that we haven't really covered this week. You've got to be a special sort of incompetent, a special sort of doomed if this United States Supreme Court 
is unanimous in something like it was this week with the NCAA battling NIL name, image, and likeness. The NCAA gets handed a 9-0 decision against by the Supreme Court this week. If you could, just a couple of the details on that. and What's going to change now? What's going to happen now that the NCAA got smacked around by the Supreme Court? Oh, a lot's going to change. The NCAA needs to totally reevaluate. I still need, I think they need the NCAA for various reasons, for consistency in some of the ways they put forth their rules and regulations. But I'm reading, I'm reading the opinion. I've read most of it. Uh, and this case is a little different. The Austin case was whether or not uh, college players could get more benefits from the university as mm-hmm. part of their educational plan. But pretty much it's saying that NCAA. You're a monopoly. You've been a monopoly for a year. You've made billions of dollars all at the, at the result of the blood, sweat, and tears and other things of the student-athlete. That's over. I mean, Justice Kavanaugh's concurring opinion is fantastic. He basically says, quote, the NSA has long shielded its compensation rules from ordinary antitrust scrutiny. That is over. Like, that's significant. That right and and he, he talked about fair market value in that I, I, that seems like a broad term uh but he said that uh, these athletes need to be in in more intelligent terms they need to be compensated what fair market value is and the ncaa hasn't done that how is that determined how can that be determined well it's very arbitrary because what's fair market value for example for doing a commercial as an actor down in miami is not the same for doing an actor in gainesville sure therein lies the dilemma and the recruiting tool that's going to be used by these universities. Yeah. Uh, hey, come down here. You could do a, a commercial down here using your name, image, and likeness, and get paid ten grand. But that's not the fair market value of it up in Gainesville. So that is significant. It's going to cause a lot of problems. Ken, we'll be talking about this for ten years or more. Yeah. This is going to constantly be changing. Uh, the law goes into effect on July first in Florida. It is going to be a mad, 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 mad world, just like the movie. Locally, uh, what's good is that Florida Atlantic has been on this, athletic director Brian Whiting Company, and they have actually put out a student-athlete plan. It's called Flight Plan, and it's designed to educate and and empower student-athletes at Florida Atlantic to capitalize on name, image, and likeness. So they're ready to go since we're on the doorstep here, the NIL coming into effect on July 1st. Pat Lawler, our sports agent insider, our sports law insider of Lawler & Associates, it's personal injury attorneys joins us here on Ken Levick Alive featuring Coquel. Uh, ben Simmons, he is a mess. He is mentally a mess. He has no confidence in his shot or whatever is left of his shot. If you are representing him and you have a guy that's just getting battered in the media, battered by fans, uh, Doc Rivers can't actually answer the question whether or not he's a championship level point guard. How do you handle this offseason with your star, your prize client? Well, first thing I would do is I would get him away from everybody. I'd get him away for a good two, three weeks. Uh, get away. Forget about it. Uh, don't just no contact with anybody. And just you know, take, take time for yourself. We all know Ben Simmons can play. He's a heck of a player. He, he's struggling. Um, ben Simmons then has to sit down when he comes back and reevaluate all parts of his game. Mm-hmm. And do it in a constructive way. What does he need to work on? Somebody that has the talent as him, it, it can be done. Uh, I think when you see him, Kenny, you follows more than I do at times with him, is how he lacks any uh, involvement in the fourth quarter yep. when the critical time comes. Yep. 
And that's not how a superstar is supposed to do it. With, but I would get him away. I know that it, some agents have closer relationships to clients, pro athletes, than than others do. Um, can an agent sort of be upfront with one of their clients and say, hey, listen, this is our coming to Jesus moment. I love you. I'm here to represent you. But this needs to change because we can see it. This is what the team has told me. Like, Do those conversations happen? They do, but they're done with, with respect. You've got to understand your client, how much leeway they will give you. Because, <clears throat> excuse me, because with a client of high end like him, um, you know, on the flip side, if I can, you know, obviously he's got a guaranteed contract, so the agent's going to get paid even if he's fired. Yeah. But I think he could be a much more upfront with a player under those circumstances. And I mean that sincerely, because obviously you represent a player, you want to be candid about what's going on. But you also want to keep them as a client. That's in any business. So you got you got to do it uh, with respect, but also understanding where you are in relationship to the client. But I, I think Ben needs that from all aspects. The fewer people, to be honest, okay. Not everybody throwing stuff at him, but just a few people who you really respect. Sure, sure. The trust factor. And you saying that you got to treat your client with respect, uh, that's <clears throat> made me realize I need to treat Coquel better because after every show, I just yell at him and say, you mm-hmm. suck, you're terrible, uh, and I know you're not going to be better tomorrow. So I'm going to try and turn a new leaf as well and uh, and treat Coquel with respect. Is that good, Coquel? Well, that sounds good. I don't like getting called names. <laughs> well, I'm glad that I was able to, to fix this relationship. Yeah, I no, feel good today. Pat, you are serving so many purposes here, uh, more than just <laughs> our sports agent and sports law insider here on uh, Ken Levicka Live featuring Coquel. And again, Lawler & Associates. Lawler & Associates, personal injury attorneys get a free consultation. They are working for you with any of your personal injury needs. Wanttolawyerup.com. Wanttolawyerup.com. Let's wrap with this. The Olympics are coming up in Tokyo. USA Basketball. Bam Adebayo of the Heat is going. I love it. I adore that because he needs the work uh he also clammed up in the postseason like ben simmons did i think this is going to be very good for him someone who got jilted from the world championships a couple of years ago by greg popovich but also kevin durant is going coming off of a herculean playoff effort coming off of an achilles tear uh kevin durant tells his agent hey i want to play for team usa are you trying to get him to shy away from that? Or how do you handle that knowing that maybe it's not in the ultimate physical and Nets' best interest? Me as an agent and Olympic uh, huge fan, no. I would absolutely tell my client to do that. Uh, the Olympics every four years. The Olympic gold medal, which you know if they play to their level, will win. Mm-hmm. You can never, never get that. It's a very special time, especially after the pandemic. Uh, any player would love you. See, you see all the uh, issues being raised because the young lady for basketball wasn't picked. I can never say her last name, but you know Derek Fisher is going crazy because she the wasn't MVP. put on the squad. You see how, yeah, you see how much that means to a player, yeah. let alone their coach and the people around them. So, uh, hats off to Durant and even Harden's going. I hope he gets healthy because he's a hell of a player. I would say you get a chance to play in the Olympics. You see what those people do—the hugs, the tears—they do track and field swimming. Without question, you go. Plus, I would think as an agent, if you're handling both sides besides just the sports career, but the endorsement part of his contracts, you'd rather him out there playing for the Olympics than because you know Durant's going to be. He's not with the Olympics. He's going to be at Rucker Park playing. He's going to be playing somewhere. Yeah, I mean that's the next endorsement. Is that we are we are so prideful of our country when they play that national anthem at the Olympics and. uh to come back home as a gold medal winner, like I told you, my uh, good friend from college coaches Team USA Softball, mm-hmm. Ken Erickson out of USF, so he's heading over there to hopefully bring home the gold for women's softball. 
so yeah, I mean, they're going to come back and they have that under under their uh, umbrella of what they've done, and it really opens up doors for endorsements and all different products too. This is why we like smart people on the show, and Pat Lawler is a smart person. That's why he's our sports agent insider, sports law insider, uh, and he is helping you with any personal injury matter. It is tough to navigate that sometimes. It, in fact, really almost all the time, and that's why you need someone who knows what they're doing, uh, and, know, and, and you need someone who cares, and that's where Pat Lawler, Lawler & Associates personal injury attorneys come in. 28 years of trial experience, Lawler & Associates helping their clients get the compensation they deserve, whether it's automobile, slip and fall, uh, boat accident, motorcycle. That's wanttolawyerup.com, wanttolawyerup.com. Lawler & Associates personal injury attorneys. Pat, awesome stuff. Appreciate you. Thanks for bringing some sense to the show, and we'll talk to you next week, okay? Okay, thanks, guys. Have a good week. All right. Pat Lawler, again, Lawler & Associates personal injury attorneys. wanttolawyerup.com, wanttolawyerup.com. Uh, Stormhouse Brewing in North Palm Beach. That's where you're catching the NBA playoffs tonight. Game one, Eastern Conference Finals. That's where you're catching the NHL playoffs. That's where you're watching Euros. And we are watching uh, right now, Coquel, Spain absolutely crush Slovakia. Slovakia looks awful today. They look like their feet are in cement. <laughs> but but uh, this weekend will be the start of the knockout stage in Euros. And that is, if you're a soccer fan, and there's a lot of you in Palm Beach County, and the Treasure Coast, Stormhouse Brewing has you taken care of with every single match. They'll have MLS for you. Uh, they'll have anything that you ask for. Copa America right there at Stormhouse Brewing. Again, a half mile south of PGA Boulevard in North Palm Beach, right off US 1, Crystal Cove Commons. They have their full food menu. They have their in-house crafted beers, the coffee stout, which Coquel swears by. He brings it up at least three times a week. Uh, Ken, when are we going to Stormhouse Brewing to get the coffee stout? When are we going to check that out? Stormhouse Brewing. For all your sports watching needs, for all your craft beer needs, for all your food needs, Stormhouse Brewing, North Palm Beach, just south of PGA Boulevard, US 1 in North Palm Beach, Crystal Cove Commons. They also have Trivia Tuesdays and Wine Wednesdays some weeks, so make sure you're following them on all their social media. There's always something happening. There's always a storm brewing. I blew it. There is always a storm brewing at Stormhouse Brewing. Um, And Taco Tuesdays, where you get the two tacos Tacos. and a beer for $10. That is awesome. Trivia, sports. Food, beer, <laughs> Stormhouse Brewing, Josh and the boys over there, you guys are doing it right. Stormhouse Brewing, check them out on social media, Stormhouse Brewing, and again, check them out North Palm Beach, just a half mile south of PGA Boulevard, US 1, Crystal Cove Commons, that's Stormhouse Brewing. Paul George, was he great, or did he choke, or can you do both? He's Coquel, I'm Ken Levick, I'm live on ESPN 106.3. Spend your lunch with Ken by calling 888-760-3776. It's Ken LaVica Live. Here's Ken LaVica and Chris Coquel. Waiting for the exhale. I toss my pain with my wishes in a wishing well. Pat Lawler, Lawler and Associates, personal injury attorneys. Good insight as always. If you missed any of it, subscribe to the Ken Levick Alive featuring Coquel Podcast, Apple Podcast, wherever you get your podcast. It's right there for you every day. And we are here with you at noon every single day. Paul George last night in that epic Suns Clippers game two of the Western Conference Finals. 
playoff P, which went from a compliment in his career. It has reverted to uh, disrespect. It is reverted to people making fun of him over playoff P. He's doing his best, Coquel. Like, he is really trying, without Kawhi Leonard, he is trying to pull, trying to will that Clippers team. He's already brought them to a point they haven't been before, uh, and he is really trying to lead that team. And he goes 26-6-6 last night. He scores 10 points in the fourth quarter, but then... Late in this game, he misses two free throws that keep it at a one-point game, and that's what set up the alley-oop that led to the Aiton win for the Suns. And so for Paul George, and I saw our good friend up in Milwaukee, former ESPN West Palm teammate Pratik Patel, who is a huge Clippers fan, tweet about this, saying that he, he tweeted that I, he could not rip Paul George because the Clippers wouldn't have been in that position to win the game if it wasn't for Paul George. They erased a deficit in the fourth quarter and put themselves in a position to win. But those two missed free throws are massive. That's the reason that you're able to lob it to the rim for a game winner. So, Paul George, does he deserve slander? Was he the reason the Clippers were in a position to win last night? Or did he flat-out choke? I do what we're not supposed to do on Sports Talk Radio on this one. I flip-flop back and forth because this isn't Durant missing a tough force three. This is missing foul shots. That's tough. Not one. Two of them. But two. You're right. So that's tough. But he also ha- he answered every time the call they needed the big play. It's so tough. Paul George was there. He acted like a superstar last night except for the two foul shots. It is really, really difficult because, again, uh, and Pratik's right, and anybody who's going to defend it, Paul George is right. The Clippers aren't in that position. They don't. They don't uh, take the lead, and they're not in position to win, have the lead with nine-tenths of a second left if it's not for Paul George. But if it wasn't for Paul George, it would also be a three-point game with nine-tenths of a second left. I'm going to go on the side. Let's give Paul George a break. I want him to feel good. I'm on Paul George's side. It has nothing to do with me costing him thirty-five grand and a fine. 10 years ago or whatever oh, it was. Man. But, you know, I'm all Paul George. Paul, you're okay. By Everything's going to be... Okay, PG-13. We did a full relive, a full review of when in 2014, Coquel baited Paul George into a post-game fine in the NBA playoffs when the Pacers were playing the Heat. Just go uh, to Ken LaVica Live podcast featuring Coquel. It's there for you. Find it in the archives. We did it probably about a month and a week ago uh, at this point. So good. I'm glad you're trying to make amends with Paul George I after you bad. cost him. <laughs> How much money did you cost 35 him again? 35K. 35K. That's and a again, lot of money. you never reached out to him to apologize or even offer up a couple of hundred dollars to help eventually uh, cover the fine. It's weird. Yeah, I thought on my teaching salary and uh, <laughs> I think the $11 an hour I was getting from uh-huh. this place at the time. I thought I should offer to pay the 35 k but it just never came to fruition. Couldn't fit it into my finances at the time. I'll start to go fund me, but then I'll end up funneling the money and stealing it, so that's <laughs> not going to work out either. Uh, but I-, I think Paul George deserves a pass for last night. Man, those... Those two free throws miss stick out like a sore, a sore thumb. I mean, oh. that's hard. Yeah. That is really hard to overcome. But, again, like the only reason the Clippers are in that spot where he's going to the line to try and incle- increase the lead from one to three is because of Paul George. And, hey, Boogie, you could have put your big body between Jay Crowder and the rim. Because we could play this game forever then. We could unpack who's really to blame if it isn't the two free throws for Paul George. Yeah, if that dunk doesn't happen, then those free throws are forgotten and pulled. Yeah. Well, maybe not because the, the internet, he's one of those guys, the internet picks people they love to hate. 
And Paul George is definitely one of the guys that they're just waiting to pounce. The keyboard tough guys are waiting to pounce all over Paul George and call him mean names. And calling people mean names just isn't nice. It, it, is, it is indeed not nice. And in terms of who's to blame for when uh, this show daily is just, well, average to below average, we share the blame here on Ken LeVick That's Alive right. featuring we Coquel. We're a team. We both stink. Yeah. <laughs> He's Coquel. I'm Ken LeVicka. We'll be back. We'll do it again tomorrow. I'm going to drive home now in my Kia K5 GT. We'll do it again tomorrow here on ESPN 106.3. Bye-bye.